Welcome to Parenting in Acadia, a podcast brought to you by Woman's Foundation. Our goal is to provide you with quality information from local experts to support you in your parenting journey. Good morning, Dr. Stefanski. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Oh, good morning. Thank you so much for inviting me here to talk about such an important topic. Yes, yes. And what we want to do today is we just want to talk to our parents concerning STDs and STIs in our area. Is this a really huge problem in this area? Uh, Yes, this is a very significant problem in this area of the state here in Acadiana and actually throughout uh, the state of Louisiana. So it's it's really important that parents educate themselves so that they can help their children to better understand what um, what the problem is and how to make really good, wise decisions um, for themselves, especially in these adolescent years. Absolutely. Okay, so first thing we want to do, we want to talk about your role and your office. What is it that you all do for this area? Okay, sure. I'm actually a pediatrician that and I work with Office of Public Health. I've been working with Office of Public Health for the last 16 years. Um, You know, we we do lots of different things um, in public health, but our primary mission is to protect the health and wellness of all individuals, families, communities in this great state. And so, um, you know, one of those things you can kind of think of us as the state arm of the Centers for Disease Control. So all re- all diseases are reported, most diseases are reported through our office by law. I um, mean, so we're talking about these sexually transmitted diseases and the, these are part of the standard uh, mandatory reportable diseases. So all physicians, uh, labs have to report these diseases to our office and we keep statistics. Uh, we look at rates, we look at risk factors um, and we put all of these all this great information together and come up with statistics. Um, So, you know, that's just one small part of what we do in public health, but we do keep, we monitor diseases, uh, rates, and then it's a, you know, primary concern of ours to share that information back with the public so that um, we all know what's happening in our area. And then again, we can better protect ourselves. Absolutely. So you mentioned the statistics in Mm -hmm. the area, Dr. Stefanski. Talk a little bit about what those are. Sure. So we're talking about sexually transmitted diseases so things like chlamydia gonorrhea syphilis herpes hiv and you know it's really incredible when you look at maps of the country that louisiana has the highest rates in the country so we actually here in louisiana rank number one for syphilis and gonorrhea, wow. congenital syphilis, wow. and number two for chlamydia. Um, and our HIV case rates are also very high. Um, New Orleans and Baton Rouge have some of the highest case rates in the country mm-hmm. um, for, mm-hmm. for HIV new diagnoses. So when you look at a state, Louisiana really just pops out because we, excuse me, a map of the states, because we have the highest rates in the country of these sexually transmitted diseases. And I don't think a lot of parents realize that. And, and I can tell you most certainly young adults adolescents have no idea that uh, that here in Louisiana we have the highest rates that means the highest new diagnoses of these sexually transmitted diseases in the country so when you compare us to New York California Florida we have the highest rates of new diagnoses here in this state of Louisiana so it's really important that um, that we get this message out to young kids because what's even more concerning about those statistics is that the majority of new infections over half are in kids or children 15 to 24 years of age so we have the highest rates in the country and the age group that's most at risk for new diagnoses are these adolescents and 
and young adults, 15 to 24 years of age. So parents need to help their children make, make good decisions. Right. Now, why do you think that is? Why do you think Louisiana has the highest rates of STDs in the country? Well, when you look at these maps um, of, of rates of sexual transmitted diseases throughout this country, the South has typically the highest rates. So I think it's, you know, just um, for lots of probably different reasons, rates are highest in the southern part of the country. Maybe socioeconomic status, education, you know, we don't really know what those factors are. Um, but it's, you know, it's been this way for, for the last, you know, several decades that these rates are highest in the southern part of the country. And Louisiana historically has had some of the highest rates in the country. So, um, you know, again, I think, you know, there's lots of information out there. The parents can go to Centers for Disease Control or our website, the Office of Public Health. They can call us and we can give you, you know, we can give you all the stats that you want. But I think just in general, the, the big message is we, we have a problem. Um, new cases occur most commonly in young adults. Um, and interestingly, especially young females, young girls, um, their body, their biology makes them more at risk to developing an infection if they're exposed to an STD. So um, it's, it's just having all of this knowledge and then sharing it, um, sharing it in a way that's productive conversation with your children um, will help protect your child. I mean, that's really the best. I think, you know, knowledge is power and education. That's really the best um, thing we can do for our kids is to give them information and talk with them in, in, in a very open way about the problems that exist and, and really why when, when you tell your child we don't want you to, you know, to engage in, um, you know, in, in, in unprotected sex or, or risky behaviors, you know, why it is that, that you're telling them that message, you know. So lots of good ways to have those conversations um, and lots of good tips for parents are, are out there. You mentioned gonorrhea and mm -hmm. chlamydia. Let's take a look at each one of these sure. diseases. Let's talk about gonorrhea, mm -hmm. which is commonly known as the clap. Mm -hmm. Tell us more about that particular disease. Okay, sure. So um, gonorrhea, in mo and really in all of these STDs, a person may have no symptoms. So, you know, it's very concerning that if there are no symptoms, it can, but it can still be transmitted. You can see that there's a setup there for all of these diseases to spread very easily. So um, just in our area in Acadiana, there were about um, 1,900 new diagnoses of gonorrhea in 2015. So again, we have the highest rates in the country of gonorrhea, and most of those were in young adults. In Acadiana, for really all of these STDs, we rank about the middle in the state. The New Orleans Baton Rouge area have the highest rates, Shreveport, and then Acadiana, the region four part of the state has, we're, we're really next in line. So we're kind of right smack in the middle. We do not have the lowest rates here. We have about the, uh, we're, we're about in the middle for all of these STDs when compared to other parts of the state. With uh, gonorrhea and similarly for chlamydia, person, um, I hate to get too much into the symptoms, but you can, you know, you, you can look on websites and get a lot of information. A person may have a discharge, uh, may burn when they urinate, um, may have, you know, significant abdominal pain, but you can also have no symptoms. You know, young adults who are sexually active need to be aware that um, that if they have any of those symptoms that they need to seek medical attention and be screened. And we really want to focus on trying to prevent these. You know, that that's the message, but I think it is important too for people to know what those signs and symptoms are. And gonorrhea, very again, very similar to chlamydia with the symptoms. Chlamydia is actually more often 
asymptomatic. So a person may carry this bacteria and be able to spread it, but not have any symptoms. And there's a risk for both of these. You know, they can be treated. Chlamydia and gonorrhea, thankfully, can be treated. But if left untreated, they can uh, essentially think about it kind of fester and can lead to infertility in these young girls later in life. You know, these are not without potential for long-term consequences. Um, it can affect a girl's, you know, ability to reproduce or have children later in life. So if untreated, um, there, there are very significant consequences. And interestingly, gonorrhea is a very big concern, I think, of uh, healthcare professionals around the country, that it develops resistance to, back to antibiotics very, very easily. Um, we have lost several antibiotics that have been used to treat this because this bacteria has a great ability to become resistant to antibiotics, which should scare anyone yes. who's, uh, you know, who mm -hmm. um, is, is of this age and, and, and engaging in risk, risky sexual um, behavior because there may be a time, you know, in the future where it's going to be very difficult to treat gonorrhea. Thankfully, we can now, but, um, but that's not to say that there's not going to be a problem in the future. And, you know, Dr. Stefanski, we hear so many myths about STDs. One of the myths that we hear all the time is if uh, you don't do anything, eventually it will go away. Oh, right. And that's not true. <laughs> right, right. That is not true. Um, so with, with, you know, all of these STDs, uh, again, if left untreated, they have potential for, for long-term, very serious consequences. So the symptoms may go away or you may have no symptoms at the time. But, um, but you know, in years to come, you may have very serious problems. And again, if you think about a young girl, she may not be able to have, um, have children later in life. It could lead to infertility. So if someone's, the recommendation is that an adolescent, a young adult, really anyone who is sexually active, uh, have routine examinations and be tested so that, uh, so that we can pick up these asymptomatic infections. How often should parents take their children to the doctors to have them screen for these diseases? Well, it, it really depends, again, the, the, you know, if, if someone is sexually active, if they are, um, they need to be screened at least once a year or if they're in a new relationship. And, and, and it, you know, really goes back to, um, I guess, encourage parents to talk to their children. We want to prevent these infections. But if, if someone is sexually active, they know how to, they need to know how to protect themselves and how to be safe. They need to understand that their partner, uh, they and their partner should be tested, mm -hmm. um, you know, really should be tested prior to engaging in sexual activity and they should know each other's results. So it's, you know, there's a, there's a whole nother conversation that, um, that should happen. If it, there is a young adult is uh, interested in becoming sexually active, then they need to really sit down, talk with their parents, but also, and a healthcare provider. They need to talk to their doctor, come to the health unit. We, you know, we take great pride in, in how we educate these young adults about all of these statistics and all of these, you know, big decisions that a young adult uh, makes at this time in their life. And so I think, you know, again, they need to be aware of how to, how to protect themselves if they are interested in becoming sexually active. But I guess two different conversations, talk about how to prevent and then write uh, next. The next conversation is if, you know, children should be open with their parents and hopefully you can have that open discussion uh, so that you know when to talk to your healthcare provider about helping you to then educate them at this other level. Right. And that's another very touchy subject. Parents just do not like to talk about these things with their kids. So give them some tips, Dr. Stefanski. What could they do to kind of breach this conversation so that they could possibly save the life of their child? Well, I think um, I think the Women's Foundation has a great program or has a few great programs. 
um, geared around this, you know, these these topics and can provide just really good, um, you know, scientific uh, evidence based information to parents. So um, not that I'm trying to here to do an ad for Women's Foundation, but I think, <laughs> you know, really, that's I think that's um, that's great if a parent can can find a way to get their child educated through a very good evidence-based scientific program. That's wonderful. Um, if not, then parents, you can do research. You can Google, how do I talk to my child about STDs or sexual activity? You know, there's a lot of tips for parents, you know, have open conversations, have continuous conversations. It doesn't end with one conversation, you know, not to be judgmental, um, to explain to your child why you're, you're telling them this information or why you're suggesting that they, uh, that they try to avoid you know, getting into these sexual relationships, especially when they're young, and it's uh, it's hard for them to make really good decisions uh, just by knowledge of their age and brain development. But um, but to have open conversations, not to embarrass your child or or be judgmental, and again, explain why. Tell them about you know these high rates of STDs. Talk to your child about you know trying about their future. What do they you know What do they aspire to be? How do they see their their life playing out? And I think that will maybe help to have a bigger conversation and not make it feel like it's uh, you're just there to talk about one issue, but really about their plan for their life and how to get there. And I think it's also really important. There's a lot of pressure now, social media, which is again why I think programs like the Women's Foundation are so great because they can have open dialogues with other with their peers and an instructor who's trained to kind of help. Children Children figure out how to maneuver this, you know, really changing uh, environment with with social media because these kids oftentimes feel pressured or embarrassed when they try to uh, make good decisions for themselves. And and you know, it's uh, it can be a decision made at the spur of the moment that can affect them for the rest of their life. And no one, nobody wants to see that happen. Absolutely. And I know you mentioned some of the programs at Women's Foundation. We do have a Let's Talk Puberty where we start to help parents begin the conversation of body development and puberty and even talk about some of the risky sexual behaviors to kind of help them overcome those hurdles in life. So we do have those available as well. Yes. And at the health unit, you can make an appointment. We have a nurse practitioner that's there four days a week here in Lafayette. And then throughout this region, we have uh, health units in every parish of this, uh, this region. And so our nurses and our nurse practitioners, uh, me, we do a lot of work in, in talking to kids and trying to, again, help them to understand all of this information before they make some of these really potentially life-changing decisions. So, um, or talk to your pediatrician, talk to your child's doctor and ask them to help you talk to them if you find it, uh, if you find it difficult. One thing I do want to mention is the um, human papillomavirus, HPV. There's a vaccine for this and, and it's been controversial over the years, but HPV is a sexually transmitted disease. So just like chlamydia, gonorrhea, syphilis, but HPV is very common. It's really the most common STD and it's transmitted just through skin to skin contact. So not even, you know, um, not even going all the way with sexual behavior, but just, you know, some of these activities that, that kids kids may engage in, you can, HPV can be transmitted. And the real, real problem here is that really HPV is, is the link to cervical cancer. So um, it's been proven that this is really the cause of cervical cancer is this virus that you're exposed to through uh, primarily sexual activity. So the good news, the great news is there's a very effective vaccine. It's most effective if you give it before sexual activity begins. So that's why we recommended that you give it at age 11. And if you start it before a child's 15, they need two doses 
fibrosis, and it is just a phenomenal protector against cervical cancer. It's been proven in other countries that have been using these vaccines longer than we have that it greatly decreases the rates of cervical cancer in, in older women. So that's the other message. Talk to your child, but also know that there's a vaccine that protects against one um, one STD that can that can prevent mm-hmm. your child from developing cervical cancer or penile cancer or anal cancer. So girls and boys at age 11 should get this vaccine. So once they are given the vaccine at 11, this will last throughout Exactly. Their life. They, they get two doses, so at 11, and then a couple months later, they're going to get a second dose. And they do not, at this point, do not need another dose. It should protect them throughout their life. Again, most kids are, are exposed you know, prior to age 30. So you want to get this vaccine to them uh, when they're young in that young adolescent period. Um, and, and I say it's it's just another vaccine. We That's when you give meningococcal vaccine to protect against meningitis. So you give the HPV vaccine to protect against cervical or penile anal cancer later in life. And you said that you don't even have to have sexual contact, just skin, skin to skin. Skin to skin, herpes too. You know, while I, as we're talking about that, herpes is another. So wow. there are a lot of kids who, who come in and will tell us they didn't go all the way, um, you know, anal, um, excuse me, skin to skin contact, oral, oral sex. You know, believe it or not, it's very common in young adults, young adolescents, excuse me, because they think it's safer. They're not going all the way. Anal Mm -hmm. cancer, same thing. They think they're still a virgin um, if if they don't have traditional intercourse, uh, genital intercourse. And so they're engaging in this incredibly risky sexual behavior, thinking that it's safe. Mm -hmm. So parents also need to know that. And again, we we hear that all the time. These kids think that's safer um, than traditional genital intercourse and so you know oral sex anal sex those are very risky and all of these um, all of these bacteria and viruses can be spread through those activities as well okay talk a little bit about syphilis and mm-hmm. where we rank in the country I know we have very high yes. rates uh-huh. here, so syphilis I- people think syphilis is no more but um, you know we were number one for cases of syphilis and congenital syphilis that's babies born with syphilis in the country syphilis is spread just like all those other um, diseases. It, interestingly, syphilis can. This is one if it's if left untreated, and it's very un, it's very commonly asymptomatic. People don't know they have it. If mm-hmm. left untreated, it can actually cause brain involvement, heart involvement. You know, I think Al Capone uh, said died of, of syphilis and lost his mind essentially. So, for example, someone new onset psychosis. If we screen, they have to be screened for syphilis because syphilis can actually cause psychosis uh, if left untreated because it can affect your brain. It actually gets into the bloodstream and can affect several organs. So. Um, syphilis is one we screen for just like HIV chlamydia and gonorrhea very regularly especially in people who engage in high-risk sexual activity you know there's all these diseases that are out there again yes. people think uh, syphilis um, is not a problem anymore but but it actually is a, a very big problem and the concern with syphilis if someone's infected with syphilis they're more at risk to develop HIV if exposed to HIV you know that those mm-hmm. two go hand in hand very often mm-hmm. and um, and we know syphilis can be treated with penicillin, HIV, there's new treatments. But again, both of these are very serious diseases. And back to prevention, how to prevent that, you know, there's a lot of information out there, but people need to be aware that these are still um, still diseases of concern and they're 
really most often asymptomatic. Right. So a girl might not know her male partner is infected. Same for a male. He may not know his partner is affected. And you mentioned HIV. Dispel Mm -hmm. some of the myths that we've heard of HIV. Sure. You know, HIV affects all socioeconomic statuses, all races, men, women. We, We have high rates here in the state. It used to be HIV was most often transmitted through or, or one of the highest rates uh, risks of transmission was IV drug uh, IV drug use and it still is the other is high risk sexual behavior so um, you know men who have sex with men high risk heterosexual behavior it's again asymptomatic and so there's just a, a lot of concerns about the the rate of syphilis in this state the good excuse me the rates of HIV in this state the good news about HIV is that there are new treatments available new antivirals that can really treat individuals with HIV and really decrease their viral load. So people with HIV can can go on to lead long, healthy lives. That's not always the case, you know, and, mm-hmm. and these uh, treatments can have, have some consequence. So it's, um, you know, important to know that HIV, just like all of these other diseases affect their, you know, they know no bounds. I mean, they affect all ages, all socioeconomic socioeconomic status, uh, people with um, just all different situations, new diagnoses of HIV, again, very similar to all these other, most often in in adults and young adults, less than 30. Mm -hmm. So you talked about the new treatments for Mm -hmm. HIV. They are only effective maybe if you begin getting treated during a certain amount of time sure. after infection? Well, there's actually, and an UMC or UHC here in Lafayette is, um, is one place here where this treatment is available. It's actually for individuals who are in a relationship, a high-risk relationship, they can take this medication to prevent themselves from developing HIV. So wow. um, so if their partner has HIV, for example, or they're in a high-risk, other um, otherwise high-risk relationship, they, can, uh, they may be prescribed this medication. And then people with HIV are able to take this medication and um, and again lead much um, you know much longer healthier lives as a result of you know lots of research that's been done to develop these uh, these great medications. This has been a great discussion. Thank you so much, Dr. Safansky, for stopping by and educating us and, and really having us to take a real look at this harmful situation in our area. Anything else you want to share with our parents before we close out? No, I think, you know, I do think, believe it or not, that kids do want to know what their parents think. And although they may not, um, it may be a difficult conversation and you may not think you're getting there anywhere with them. It's it's not a one-time conversation. You know, you need to do your research figure out what the best way is to approach this discussion with your child and have these open discussions again non-judgmental with your, with your kids because they do need to know that their parents they do need to know what your values are and and that you do care about them and you do want them to you know to lead just great lives and achieve everything that they can so mm-hmm. I think parents need to talk to their children about their future and as you're talking to them about what they want to be in life you know as they get to be older this should be part of that discussion well this is how you know this is how we can how we can help you get there and if you find it hard to talk to your child about these things you know don't bury your head in the sand because they will get this information from someone yes. and it's going to be from someone who has the wrong information like their friends that's right so if you can't then talk to them your doctor uh, and ask your doctor for help bring them to the health unit we'd love to you know love to help you with this this uh, topic that's not very easy to talk about sometimes or yeah, you know the, one right. of these classes at the women's foundation thank you so much and your contact information sure one they more can time. Uh, sure call our office anytime uh, 2625311 and would be happy to help parents figure out what's you know map out a plan thank you so much for stopping by sure thank you 